Welcome. You are listening to Liberty Solutions Now. On this show, we'll address the topics of natural law, consciousness, mind control, the occult, and everything else that is related to freedom on Earth. Liberty Solutions Now will take a look at what is truly going on around us and within us in order to offer powerful, grassroots solutions to the biggest problems we are experiencing. Now here is your host, Justin Bauman. All right, welcome to the show. My name is Justin Bauman. This is episode eight of Liberty Solutions Now. My website is libertysolutionsnow.com. Today is Wednesday, June 8th, 2022. In the last episode, we talked about how knowledge is possible to acquire in the world, despite what solipsists and the New Age movement says. The proof is that you can take in information, apply the information, and then improve your life. That intelligent application of knowledge is what's called wisdom. We're not talking about knowing the mind of God here in its totality. Lots of people get turned off from pursuing knowledge when they're told by the New Age movement that this is the goal here on Earth. I don't think we can know the mind of God while in human form, but we can all get to a point where we know enough about ourselves and the world around us to cease creating unnecessary suffering for ourselves and others, and instead manifest a world of peace, harmony, and abundance overall. There will always be more that can be learned, but there is a point when you finally know enough to confidently know what ought to be done. There is a point that can be reached in understanding where we intellectually know enough to eliminate suffering and the massive influence of evil on the world. That's the primary and most important goal right now. Next, in the last episode, we went to the reason for compartmentalized and hierarchical structures that are found in large organizations and government institutions. The hidden purpose is to keep large groups of people in total ignorance of what the organization's or government's mission and vision is all about. Everyone knows just enough about what's going on to do their job and nothing more and can't see what the collective effort is being directed towards achieving by those at the top of the pyramid structure. Most employees are okay with this. They have blind trust that the organization or government's intentions are good and they just don't care as long as they're getting their paycheck. This is how people are conditioned into being predominantly through the education system and parenting. Nearly everyone is taught don't think for yourself. Leave it to the experts. The so-called experts have your best interests in mind. Don't ask questions. Always listen to the government and just do as you're told. In other words, just follow your orders and keep your head down. In addition to being taught this for 12 plus years from bad parenting in the education system, children are taught to worship money. They're taught that their own personal value comes from money. They're not taught that true personal value actually comes from morality. Some of you might say, well, the traditional cultural religions do, but they actually don't though. Religion today is taught in a way where true morality is obfuscated, and even within churches there are endless justifications as to why truly immoral behavior must continue to exist. Any church that condones theft, violence, and coercion through government institutions is engaged in teaching moral relativism, which obfuscates the true moral law found in nature that humanity does have the ability to come to recognize, not believe, recognize as being true. So this attachment and worship of money people are taught all their lives from childhood into adulthood leads to moral decay in society. And as a result of this moral decay, the natural cosmic laws of the universe gives us the condition of slavery and chaos in the aggregate. Upholding and adhering to true moral principles have the opposite effect. More freedom and order would manifest in the world. It works this way every single time. There's no escaping this law. 
it's as true as one plus one equals two. It's just like a computer program. If you enter a piece of code as an input, you'll always get the exact same output as long as the input, which was the original code, remains the same. If you want to change the output of what's displayed on the computer screen, you must change the input which was the original computer code that you typed into the computer. This is God's judgment. We don't have to wait for a particular day where judgment occurs. Judgment day is always in effect here and now. It is always embedded within the present moment. The reason why natural moral law operates this way is because of the nature of evil itself and how it interfaces with everything else around it. All of evil is based in fear. This is true even if it doesn't look like it to the untrained eye. Due to fear, control is sought out at all costs. This leads to immoral behavior. When this occurs on a mass scale, some rise to the top in pursuit of power and others don't. It's the more clever, organized, and knowledgeable forms of evil people that rise to the very top of the power structures. These individuals are highly strategic and use mind manipulation techniques and incentives to trick more ignorant, less clever, and less knowledgeable forms of evil into doing their bidding. Those at the top also weaponize ignorance and do the same thing to those otherwise good people that just don't know any better. They aid evil just like the less clever forms of evil people. The only difference is that these otherwise good people use endless justifications for what they do, whereas the openly evil, less clever, ignorant evil people do not. Left unchecked in this dog-eat-dog -dog dynamic that evil creates, power becomes increasingly more and more centralized in smaller and smaller groups of individuals that have the most occult knowledge. It's the people that understand the occulted macro laws of the universe and the psychological manipulation the best that will always act as the unseen puppeteers at the very top. So as you can see, just from thinking this through a little bit, and observing the world as it is right now, this is how it always works. This is why natural law acts as a computer program in giving us the results that we get based on our input. The faces will change, the names will change, the names of the political parties will change, even the names of the external systems of governance will change. But it makes no difference what you label everything. If the nature of evil is not deeply understood and then checked, it will continue to come back over and over again endlessly. This reminds me of a movie I saw a little while ago. I don't normally watch movies like this, but I recently saw the movie Halloween Kills. In the movie, serial killer Michael Myers is back on the streets. After being in prison for decades, he escapes. Early on in the movie, other characters manage to trap him in a burning house, but that doesn't stop him. He ends up getting inadvertently released, and he continues his killing spree on the entire town. There seems to be nothing anyone can do to stop him, no matter how hard they try. They appeared to have the worst luck ever when trying to deal with them. Finally, at the end of the movie, Michael Myers gets surrounded by the entire town, ready to enact some vigilante justice for all the harm he's done. It appears like there's no way they could lose. As you would expect, Michael Myers is overwhelmed by the physical force as he gets attacked by a multitude of different weapons. Then, at the end of the physical altercation, a man comes up and shoots Michael Myers several times point blank. It looks like that was it. They had finally successfully killed Michael Myers. Right when everyone was most caught off guard though, Michael suddenly arose and began slaughtering each of the townspeople at the scene one by one. The townspeople failed. Now, those viewers strictly taking this movie at face value and interpreting it literally may find the ending ridiculous, but those that understand the allegorical message can appreciate what's being conveyed here. This movie actually spelled it out pretty clearly, especially for those with some occult knowledge. We were told at the end of the movie that Michael Myers was the force of fear itself, the generator of all things evil. 
His actions certainly reflected this evil. The reason why he wasn't able to be abandoned in prison, lost in a house fire, or physically killed is because you cannot destroy evil with pure physical force alone, no matter how much of it you have. As long as people refuse or fail to confront and overcome their own fear, evil will always rule and they will be slaves to it. Once the generator of evil, the force of fear itself, is overcome, then evil will be generated in the world no more. That's what this allegorical movie was trying to convey to people. It was trying to teach them about the real world they're living in. I'm afraid though that there were not many people watching the movie with enough prerequisite knowledge to comprehend the message being conveyed. We're not educated well enough or taught to think deeply like this when watching potentially very powerful allegorical movies. So as a whole, we miss a lot of very profound truths that are put right in front of our faces. Anyway, let's get back to the recap. In the last episode, we talked about the reasons why evil people are awarded power over seemingly good people. As shocking as this may sound to some of you, it's because they deserve the power more under natural law. They are activated, driven, and highly knowledgeable. Well, at least as you continue to go up the pyramid of power, they become increasingly more knowledgeable. The bitter truth people must accept is that God, the laws of nature, cosmic law, or whatever, have more respect for knowledgeable, active people than it does for ignorant, lazy people. This is the case even if these knowledgeable, activated people are psychopathic and do horrific things. God has so much disdain for ignorant, lazy people that he, she, or whatever is willing to give the psychopaths all the power. Let that idea sink in for a second. And to know that this is true, you just have to look at the results we've been getting as a species. We've been getting a whole bunch of chaos and slavery on a mass scale. The inmates are running the insane asylum. The only thing necessary for the triumph of evil is for good men to do nothing. That's a 100% true statement. Now what would happen if people that weren't truly psychopathic actually became knowledgeable and activated on a mass scale and actually cared about themselves and others? Well, it would simply be impossible for evil to flourish. Mass non-compliance with so-called laws that break natural law principles, refusal to take jobs as order followers, and a refusal to get paid with blood money would bring authoritarianism to a screeching halt. There would be no room for it to maneuver. Most people don't do this though. Why is that? Well, there will be a bunch of episodes on why this is the case in the future. Next, we gave an introduction to the mind control technique called obfuscation. When you obfuscate, you create confusion. You render an idea obscure, unclear, or unintelligible to the listener. Manipulators want people's minds tied up in knots and going down useless mazes that never lead anywhere and waste time in the process. This is because as long as you're doing that, you're not focused on doing what it really takes to be free. As long as people are enslaved by the wrong ideas mentally, they cannot be free in the physical world because they'll never take the right actions as long as their mind isn't right. Then we talked about the five concepts manipulators love to obfuscate the most. Number one, simplicity with complexity. Number two, principle with law. Number three, dominion with fear of punishment. Number four, knowledge with belief. And number five, good with evil. For a detailed breakdown of these five obfuscations, you'll need to listen to the previous episode. 
But if you're just discovering the show now through this episode, I highly recommend you go back and start from episode one. It's critical in understanding what I talk about in later episodes. You don't start off doing calculus right away when you start learning math. You have to start with basic addition, subtraction, division, and multiplication before you can move on to more advanced mathematical concepts. It works the same way with occulted concepts. You're just not going to understand that much of it. Even worse though, you'll think you'll know what I'm saying and then reject it without taking into account the context I established in previous shows. So go back and start at the beginning. To conclude, we ended the last episode with a video of a senator being interviewed about where the imaginary rights come from that government institutions claim to have. The amount of cognitive dissonance the senator had to be in to conduct this interview is astounding. It's so bad, it's comical. The so-called rights government has cannot be pointed to or proven anywhere in nature. It's because they don't exist. In contrast to this, I can prove that I have the natural law authority over my own body. And to prove that, I can raise my arm up in the air and back down at will. I can speak at will. I could walk and talk all day long at will. These are my rights over my own body right there. Government is a claim of authority over people's minds and bodies, ultimately. They try to tell you what you can and cannot ingest, what you can and cannot do on your own property or with your property, and how much or how little of your own fruits of your labor that you get to keep. Even if we're just talking about a claim over the fruits of your labor, that is still a claim of ownership over your body. It's just an indirect way of doing it because your body is what produced the fruit to begin with. These are all activities government institutions engage in that they have no right to do. It's what they provably have no right to do. See, the problem is most people think you can still delegate a right that you don't have despite everything I just said for the sake of safety and security. You can try to do this, but don't expect positive outcomes. Because although nature gave humanity the ability to choose how to be in the world, humanity was not given the right to be free of the negative consequences if it behaves in immoral ways. And if you stubbornly attempt to give government institutions these rights anyway, against nature's wishes, prepare for the worst negative consequences imaginable. Prepare to be schooled by the universe and just how strongly mistaken you are in your thinking in the worst ways. If you think you're smarter than nature in attempting to delegate rights you don't have to institutions out of fear, nature herself will prove to you just how wrong you are by giving you hell to pay for until you admit you were wrong and change your ways. The amount of self-inflicted suffering humanity can inflict on itself knows no bounds. If humanity continues to double down and triple down on wrongness and immorality, Expect the magnitude of the negative consequences to double and triple as well because that's exactly what's going to happen. I say all this for people to get this idea out of their head that they have the moral obligation to listen to anything government institutions say when they are violating natural law. You don't have the moral obligation to do shit. That's just what this bullshit religious cult wants you to think. They want you to think you have to listen to everything they tell you to do. It's what it has been trying so hard to condition you into thinking since you were a child. And yes, the belief in government authority is a dangerous religious cult. Now let's jump into the topics for today. Let's first talk about what happened in Texas during the school shooting that took place in Uvalde. This event has chaos, sorcery written all over it. 
Chaos sorcery is the art and science of putting the masses into a state of intense fear using shocking, tragic events. This roots them in the R-complex, or reptilian parts of their brains, and shuts down their consciousness so that rational, logical thinking is no longer possible. We're going back to the concepts talked about in episode 1 now, so you need to have already listened to that episode. The reason for getting people stuck in the R-complex part of their brains is to get them to go along in emotional frenzy, with passing extreme legislation they normally wouldn't support if they were thinking rationally. That's exactly what's happening here. This situation was unique. The police stood outside and did nothing as children got murdered inside. They took it even further though. In addition to doing nothing about the shooter in the school, they used physical violence to restrain parents from going into the school to save their own children. These police officers are accomplices to murder and they ought to be charged for it. To make matters even worse, I don't think these police officers were just simply cowards that didn't want to go in and risk getting a shot. I strongly suspect they were ordered to stand down. Why? Remember what the purpose of chaos sorcery is. It's to weaponize fear against the public for a political agenda. In this case, it was a gun control agenda. I believe those police officers were ordered to stand down by higher-ups and to not pursue the shooter in order to maximize casualties. The reason why is because the worse the scene is, the bigger and stronger the public outcry will be that says, do something now. Of course, politicians are always happy to oblige when it comes to restricting gun ownership rights. This isn't to say that these higher-ups actually told the officers on the ground the real reason for standing down. They likely just made up some bullshit excuse. The worst part about it, though, is that the officers at the scene did what they do best. They just blindly followed orders like robots. There were no ethical considerations or the exercising of conscience on their part. They don't care about that. These officers only cared about two things. Their cult that they joined, which is the police force, and their paycheck. Everything else be damned. These are the kinds of people we are dealing with, and these blind order followers are everywhere in the police and military. It's what they were trained to do. The way I see it, the order follower dynamic was put on full display in this incident for the world to see, and most people were disgusted by it, as they should be. Don't ever forget that there's no such thing as order following in a moral and just society. The order following dynamic wouldn't exist in a high consciousness society because the understanding of natural law principles would be common sense and as a result, people would be exercising conscience instead of following orders. People would be determining the objective difference between right and wrong in every situation and then would take the correct action. If we can do this as a species, then what happened in Uvalde would have never happened, or the effects would have been seriously mitigated. What's interesting about the phrase exercising conscience is that the nature of having and maintaining a conscience is embedded within the phrase itself. Conscience must be exercised. What happens when you stop exercising a muscle? You begin losing it you lose muscle mass. It's the same thing with conscience. If you don't exercise your conscience by objectively determining the difference between right and wrong and then choosing the right options, you lose your ability to feel emotional repercussions for having done wrong actions. You turn into what's called a secondary psychopath that has no or very little ability to empathize with others. You can't put yourself in others' shoes and feel for them. A secondary psychopath is a creation of conditioning. That's what order following all your life will turn you into. If you don't believe there is an agenda behind this school shooting, Look at what dictator Justin Trudeau is immediately attempting to do in Canada. He's talking about banning all handguns in the country. 
Biden even mentioned outlawing 9mm rounds. If anti-gun people hate dozens of people dying in school shootings, then they're going to love the genocide of 50 million people in the United States or more if guns are taken away from the public. Don't believe it can happen where you are? Think again. That kind of thinking is exactly what allows it to happen where you live. Once again, go watch the documentary Innocence Betrayed. That documentary is a full hour of case after case after case where the public lost access to guns and government genocide occurred very shortly after. Talking about false flag attacks was going to be the last mind control technique I talked about out of the 14 I mentioned. But given what's taking place in Texas, I feel like it's timely that I talk about it in this episode. To be clear, a false flag attack does not mean a fake attack or a hoax. The attack really happens. What makes an attack a false flag attack is when a party or individual is blamed for the attack that wasn't actually responsible for it. For example, the 9-11 attack was a false flag attack because the attack was blamed on terrorists in Saudi Arabia in the Middle East, even though it was an inside job orchestrated by the United States government itself. I highly recommend watching the documentary Zeitgeist by Peter Joseph for more on what really happened during the 9-11 attacks. They got the astrotheology right when talking about religion in that documentary, but my only criticism is that they don't acknowledge the occult spiritual truths in our reality. They came at it from an atheistic materialist position. Other than that though, a very well done informative documentary. The purpose of 9-11 was to take over oil fields in the Middle East using military might and making those working in the military industrial complex extremely wealthy. Death and destruction is how they make their money, so they have a vested interest in it. So in these school shooting cases, the perpetrator is often said to be a a mentally ill lone gunman, and this could have been the case. However, it's important to consider the possibility that this isn't the case. The US government has been involved in what's called hard mind control techniques for a very long time. This is evidenced by the MKUltra and Project Monarch operations. Based on what independent researchers and those that had been on the inside have blown the whistle on, these projects aim to directly mind control people through torture and other types of experimentation. The goal of all the experiments done was to destroy free will in the subject so that they blindly obey any order they are given without thinking twice. There's another great documentary I would highly recommend called The Minds of Men by Aaron and Melissa Dykes. You can find it in multiple places. They even have a YouTube channel called Truth Stream Media where you can watch it. Don't count on it staying on YouTube though. It's better to watch the documentaries I mentioned on one of the alternative social media platforms. A man named Jay Parker, a satanic ritual abuse survivor who claims to have been born into an Illuminati family, has gone into vivid details about his experiences. You can find a lot of interviews and presentations he's done if you go to onegreatworknetwork.com, click the magnifying glass, and search for his name Jay Parker. A bunch of results should pop up. He talks about being sexually assaulted as an infant and being subject to torture for the purposes of mind control all the way up until he finally got out of the cult his family was part of. The reason why the cults do this to people is because it allows for the creation of multiple personalities in the person. And those in the cult actually have the ability to bring up these alternative personalities in others at will that have gone through the abuse using some sort of trigger. So that could be a code word, a symbol, or a hand gesture for example. He also talks about how he tried going to the police for help, but those looking into his case were assassinated by the cult because they have their own private armies, and those high up in government actually have their hand in this as well. Anyway, if you want to learn more about that, I highly recommend you check out Jay Parker's work. 
So my original point I wanted to make is that this shooter may have not been a lone gunman. He could have been one of these MK Ultra or, or Project Monarch subjects and had been ordered to shoot at the school. In fact, having studied these types of circumstances for years, I'd say it's more plausible that this is the case than isn't. That isn't to say that mentally ill lone gunmen can't carry out an attack like this on their own. I'm sure it's happened before. It's interesting to note that a lot of these shooters were discovered to have been on some kind of SSRI antidepressant medication. That's a noteworthy correlation we could talk about more at a later time. Bringing all this up ties in nicely with another mind control technique I was planning on talking about called divide and conquer. This incident in Uvalde, Texas certainly caused controversy just like how all mass shootings do. Those on the ideological left every single time cry out for tighter gun control laws, outright bans, and or confiscation. On the other hand, there are a group of people that will never give up their guns no matter what happens. And if they have to, they'll go to the black market to acquire more guns or just simply 3D print them. These two groups of people's viewpoints and positions are irreconcilable. By using emotionally charged events such as mass shootings, mind manipulators turn people in society against each other. Even though if everyone had sufficient knowledge, they'd be able to recognize that the government is actually responsible for many of these attacks and is therefore everyone's common enemy in reality. With society divided against itself, the public is weaker and more prone to government control. This is because people will be fighting each other instead of fighting the government. The government is only able to maintain and expand its power though through fear and ignorance. Fear and ignorance is what all of these chaos sorcery attacks hammer on the strongest. Strong fear keeps those that fall prey to it blinded, irrational, and gullible by rooting them in their base brain. Remember, this is also called the R-complex or reptilian brain. Ignorance of what's actually going on in the world is necessary as well because then the rational people won't be able to figure out the root causal factors for these mass shootings or understand who the people are that are actually responsible for many of these attacks. So if you're fearful and ignorant, that is the absolute worst position to be in. But if you're not fearful, but still ignorant, you're still screwed. Being fearful but having some knowledge still won't cut it either because fear is blinding. The only way of making sense of the world around you is to be both courageous and knowledgeable. This is because when you're not being run by fear, you have the ability to think rationally and logically. And when you have sufficient knowledge, you have all the necessary information present to know what to do to improve the conditions on earth. I want to talk about this constant knee-jerk reaction leftists have to want to implement tighter gun control. They get so caught up in the heat of the moment, these individuals are always looking for the quick fix. They're looking for the get-rich-quick scheme. They're looking for the magic pill that gives them the washboard abs. It doesn't work that way. Taking all the guns away from the public and expecting it to finally be safe is a pipe dream. It's like expecting to be able to take a magic pill not change anything else about your lifestyle, and expect to immediately look like a supermodel. It just doesn't happen that way in reality. Let's say all the guns are taken away from the public. Now what? Well, now only the police and military have the guns. Power becomes even more centralized. What happens if the police and military are instructed to execute dissidents and throw people in concentration camps, and the public has no guns? What's your recourse then? How would you protect yourself and your family then? And don't think for a second being a liberal or democrat and voting a certain way will give you any protection. It may delay the inevitable, but make no mistake, they're coming for you too. Oh, they wouldn't do that. 
No, they would do that. Police officers stood outside doing nothing as children got murdered in a school while violently restraining parents that wanted to go in and save them. Do you really think police officers wouldn't throw you in a camp or fire upon you if they were ordered to? When people say, oh, they wouldn't do that, what they're really saying is, I wouldn't do that. The problem is that they think other people in the world are just like them. The mistake they're making is that they're projecting their own sense of morality onto other people. The truth is, there are people out there that are experiencing life very differently than how you are. And as a result, their thoughts, emotions, and actions might be drastically different from yours. Just because you can't get into the heads of psychopaths, that doesn't mean they don't exist and aren't active in the world. Just because you cannot fathom how certain individuals could think or act in certain ways, that doesn't mean there aren't individuals that do think and act in those ways. The inability for these naive people to empathize with others at different levels of consciousness is their weakness. If they can't empathize with psychopaths, they can't understand them. If they can't understand them, they can't figure out what creates them. And if they can't figure out what creates them, they run rampant everywhere. The biggest lie that government propagates is that you can be kept safe by institutions through slavery. There is no such thing as safe slavery in nature. There is only extremely dangerous slavery. People want something that has never existed, does not exist, and will never exist. All slavery is dangerous. Freedom can be dangerous too. Life itself is dangerous. This is what everyone needs to accept. Now, now we can take intelligent action that mitigates uncertainty and the dangerousness of life, but the danger of life cannot be eliminated. This can only be done through the decentralization of power through right thinking and right action. Martin Niemöller was a Lutheran pastor in Nazi Germany who was an outspoken foe of Adolf Hitler. He's remembered for a quote that went down in history that is still applicable today. First, they came for the socialists, and I did not speak out because I was not a socialist. Then they came for the trade unionists, and I did not speak out because I was not a trade unionist. Then they came for the Jews, and I did not speak out because I was not a Jew. Then they came for me, and there was no one left to speak for me. Right now, I can hear people saying, well, I'm on the side of the government right now. Why would they come after me? Even if through your ignorance, your interests are aligned with the social engineers pulling the strings, it will not stay that way because of the nature of evil itself. These social engineers at the top of the pyramid of power want to control all of life, you included. Their intention is to dethrone God itself. If you want to get a good idea of how these people operate, I encourage you to go watch the opening of the scene of the movie, The Dark Knight, directed by Christopher Nolan. If you've already seen the movie, I encourage you to watch this scene again. In the opening scene, the Joker and his crew execute a bank robbery. Everyone on the team thinks at the end of the heist, they're going to be getting a cut of the money, but they are incorrect. As the plan goes into effect, each person plays their part in the operation. Right as one person on the team ends up serving their purpose, their fellow team member accompanying them is instructed to shoot and kill them on the spot. Each clown on the team ends up getting killed as the plan progresses until at the very end of the scene, the Joker himself kills his bus driver and ends up driving away with all the money. This movie isn't a work of fiction. The story itself might be made up, but this is exactly how it works in the real world. At the very end, it's the Joker that gets the last laugh as he gets to enjoy all the rewards that his dupes gave to him, naively thinking they'd be taken care of for serving the force of evil. This is the perfect photo to illustrate my point. All the other clowns are focused on what's in front of them, and unbeknownst to them, the Joker is behind each of them, ready to shoot them in the head. 
There is no such thing as loyalty in a satanic death cult. There is only mutual exploitation. As soon as the powers that be that exist further up in the pyramid of power no longer see a use for you, you'll be immediately thrown away like a candy wrapper without them even thinking twice. I realize what I just said there was extremely loaded. We'll talk about exactly what satanic death cult means another time. Everyone will think they know what it means, and most will be wrong. If we're really wanting to prevent mass shootings like what happened in Uvalde, we need to grow up as a species and be willing to ask ourselves the hard questions and to do the hard things in response to the answers we come up with to the hard questions. Radical personal responsibility is key. Only then will we be operating in the realm of cause, where we can actually make substantial change, instead of the realm of effects, where we can make no change. We need to ask ourselves Questions like, what are these SSRI drugs really doing to the minds of young people that are on them? Are they really safe? Are there alternatives? Or can we address the root cause of what's causing the mental illness? We need to ask ourselves, why are our children even in a government school at all to begin with? We need to ask ourselves, why did the police behave the way they did? We need to ask ourselves, what is it about how we've structured society that makes people so isolated and depressed that they feel they need to get on pharmaceuticals to begin with? We need to ask ourselves, what role is the monetary system playing in all this? We need to ask ourselves, why does the media have a vested interest in promoting the taking away of rights? We need to ask ourselves, why are so many people out there in so much fear all the time? These are just some of the questions we all need to be asking ourselves. I've answered a few of them here already. There are many more that need to be asked, but it's not until we ask the right questions, derive the answers, and then act upon those answers that we can reclaim our power and begin transforming our world for the better by taking radical personal responsibility as individuals. All right, that's all I got. My name is Justin Bauman. You've been listening to Liberty Solutions Now. My website is libertysolutionsnow.com. You could also find me on a variety of social media platforms, including YouTube, Odyssey, BitChute, and Rumble. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share this content if you find it valuable. Thanks for listening.